The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Do you know another parent or expecting parent? Are you wondering what can I give them as a gift? Nancy Grace here. Don't give them another onesie. Don't give them a plastic toy or, God forbid, a toy gun that's just going to end up in the garage. Give them something that matters. And what matters the most is protecting their child. What do you love most in the world? Your children. What will you do to protect them? Anything. I sat down with the smartest people I know in the world on matters of child safety, finding missing children, fighting back against predators. And what I learned is so important, powerful, and information so critical. I want you to have it. I want them to have it. Go to CrimeStopsHere.com for a five-part series with action information that you can use to change your life and protect your child. Payment starting $6.99. Give that as a gift, not another onesie. Find out how to protect your child when you're out at the mall or the store, the grocery, in the parking lot, at home. Find out about protection regarding babysitters and daycare, even online. I'd rather have that any day of the week than a plastic toy, or God forbid, a toy gun. Join Justice Nation. Go to CrimeStopsHere.com. 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. She was a very loving, very bubbly, a ray of sunshine. She stole she, the spotlight out of the room. I mean, she really, really did. As beautiful as she looks, that's how her soul was. It's very beautiful. You guys aren't giving up hope, though. I'd just like to plea anybody knows anything, please uh, come forward, help with the investigation. Uh, no lead is too small. Um, we cannot rest in, in, uh, until we know something about our Savannah. Please come home, Savannah, for sure. Yes, please. Um, it, it is it's just unimagin unimaginable to tell you how it feels to lose one of yours. You can't think. You can't eat. You can't sleep. Say parents who are in agony as a multi-state search unfolds for a missing 14-year-old little girl. You just heard the parents of Savannah Lee Pruitt speaking to our friends at WATE in Knoxville. Savannah, where are you? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. That really upset me when I heard the mom say she was. Do they already believe 14-year-old Savannah is dead? This is still a search, not a recovery. This is a search, and it is across many states. Joining me right now, Dr. Brian Russell. You know him well, psychologist, lawyer, and host of ID's hit show, Fatal Vows. Forensics expert joining me from the Florida jurisdiction, Karen Smith. And joining me right now, CrimeOnline.com, where you can find this and every other breaking crime and justice story. Robin Walensky, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. She's the author of Beautiful Life, the CSI behind the Casey Anthony trial. Robin Walensky, I haven't been hearing a lot about Savannah's disappearance, but I want to change that right now. For those of you listening, all of you out there on the road as you're listening to Sirius or your podcast at Crime Stories, tip line 423-442-3911. Repeat. 423-442-H-E-L-P. And boy, do we need help right now. This little girl has been missing for days. Robin Walensky, start at the beginning, please. She is 14 years old. She's adorable. She's in school. She's a good kid by all accounts. Nancy goes to school, liked by the teachers, an honor student was originally living in Lawrenceville, Georgia, up until Christmas time, till December. And then she has a love of animals, this, this little girl, Savannah Lee Pruitt. She loves animals. So her parents moved to Madisonville, Tennessee. She's the oldest of four children, Nancy. Oh, you know, Robin, I told you this when I was pregnant. I always wanted four children. That was my dream, to have four children. But I'm happy that I have the two. And my husband's theory was to cut our losses. We got so blessed and so lucky. Let's don't tempt fate. But she hit the lottery, the jackpot. She has four children. Savannah Lee Pruitt, one of four. Go ahead, Robin. Yes, and she's the oldest of the four. And her mom, Christina, describes her as a ray of sunshine. Her dad, the same. Like, his heart is broken. They don't understand it. All of a sudden, they see her go to bed. January 13th, around 11 o'clock at night, the next morning, 4 o'clock in the morning on the 14th, 
she is missing. Gone, vanished. Whoa, whoa, hold on. I'm making my flow chart, Robin. Hold on, hold on. Robin Walensky, uh, she, 11 p.m., goes to bed, and I have to confess... I'm sure Dr. Brian Russell is going to give me H-E-double-L about this. But sometimes on weeknights, I have let the children stay up as late as 11 o'clock. They're only 11. But so she's up at 11 p.m. One of the parents is up at 4 a.m. She's gone. Okay, so I've got a five-hour window. All right, go ahead, dear. And then the next thing you know, they look in her room, and she's gone. Nowhere to be found. And it is the parents that call 911 for the police for help. Now, it's my understanding that the younger sister is the one that discovered her missing, not a parent. Yeah, that is possible, but then alerted the parents that she was not there. I'm curious. Do you know, Robin, if they shared the room together? You know, I'm not sure about that. It, it is possible. You know, with four kids, a lot of times, uh, you know, kids double up in rooms. So it is very possible that they did. But I know this, she was nowhere to be found at 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, I'm curious about another thing before we go further in the timeline. What can you tell me um, about Madisonville? Tell me about Madisonville. Sort of a rural area, farms, lots of animals, which is why they moved there in the first place. Horses, chickens, that sort of a thing. A rural area, not a city. Well, this is what we know. What, the little bit that I do know about Madisonville, it is a city, although not lot, not large, and it's the county seat of Monroe County, Tennessee. The population uh, was around 5,000 in 210. So let's just say it's tripled to 10,000. It reminds me a little bit, Dr. Brian Russell, and there's a reason I'm going here. Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist, lawyer, host of IDs, Fatal Vows. I grew up out in the middle of rural Bibb County, and the city was Macon, which is, quote, the county seat. Basically, that means that's where the drugstore and the courthouse is. That's what the county seat is, and maybe the Dairy Queen. So my point is, even though we're saying it's a city and Madisonville is the county seat of Monroe County, that doesn't mean it's a metropolis, and it gives you a certain mindset of safety and security. I mean, I'm thinking about Molly Tibbetts. Remember, very, very rural area, and she was at the home of her boyfriend and his brother. Both of them were gone out of town. She goes jogging. She's never seen again. Very rural area. And uh, as that turned out, now charged is a guy, an immigrant that was working, a, a, I believe, at a chicken farm or a farm nearby. And my point is, long story short, you're, <laughs> crime hits everywhere. Well, that's true. That's true. I think uh, in the Tibbetts case, of course, he, uh, he came at her while she was out jogging. And in this case, you know, the girl went disappear, went missing from the house. And, you know, it's always interesting what we saw, you know, the, the horrific uh, case that ended in, in a, as happy of an ending as it could have with Jamie Kloss, where there was, you know, this in, incredibly rare uh, home invasion, uh, murder of the parents and kidnapping of the girl, you know, and there was all kinds of evidence, of course, that someone had entered that house. 
you know, who wasn't supposed to be there. Here in this case, apparently, you know, there, there's not a lot. It's always fascinating to me when, you know, somebody goes missing from a house and there's really not an indication. Of- well, yeah, and as a matter of fact, Dr. Bryan, I have that same fascination when Isabel Solis was taken out of her home. I could not understand. I thought, wow, this has to be an inside job, a relative, a friend, some family member. No, it was not. And um, then, of course, there's Elizabeth Smart that we, we always refer back to. But it's not just Smart. There are so many others. And this is a young girl that had never given her family any trouble at all. Take a listen to her parents speaking to our friends at Inside Edition. The 14-year-old hasn't been seen or heard from in about two weeks. Please come home. We do miss you terribly. Sitting in their living room, Savannah's parents plead for her safe return, holding photos of their oldest child who they believe wouldn't just run away. She has never uh, misbehaved, been a bad kid ever in her life, and this is just really way out in left field for her. Investigators in Tennessee say so far their trail for her has gone cold. Usually we locate them within 24 to 48 hours. A cell phone pinged near a welcome center in Corbin, Kentucky, about 130 miles from their Madisonville home. You are my sunshine and you'll always be my sunshine no matter what I love Please come home. Savannah Pruitt is described as 5'3", 110 pounds, with blonde hair and blue eyes. Anyone with information on her whereabouts should call police. Her family was emotional, understandably, as you could understand. Anyone whose child has gone missing is understandably distraught, and the Pruitts are no different. We do have some details, new information. They have been following a few leads and looking into several people, but they do not have any suspects just yet. This is a big part of why they are now reaching out to us and you, the public. They've done as much as they can, and they need more help. They need you all to be their eyes and their ears. This investigation is now spanning across four states. Imagine the amount of people at those state lines that could see something, say something. We know that her cell phone was last pinged at 5.30 in the morning in the Corbin, Kentucky area. All the Pruitts want is their daughter back home on their farm in Madisonville. It, it is it's just unimaginable to tell you how it feels to lose one of yours. There is no explanation unless you've went through it. She brought the sunshine up in the morning. I mean, it, just like having your cup of coffee. I mean, life's just not the same without Savannah. She was my sunshine. I put that on Facebook. I know my sunshine's gone. If she's watching at any point in time, is there anything you guys would want her to know or say to her? That we love her dearly and we want her home. Love you and come home for sure. Now, the Pruitts just left here about an hour and a half ago. They're going to go keep on passing out even more and more flyers. Christina Pruitt, Savannah's mom, her husband is a trucker. He will be passing out flyers at truck stop, rest areas. You'll soon start to see them everywhere. We're told that Savannah loved all animals. That was part of the reason why they moved back from Georgia to Tennessee was so that she could have a farm and looking at her animals right now is just too difficult for her parents. That is the family of missing Savannah Lee Pruitt speaking to our friends at WATE in Knoxville. Reporter Gabriella Pagan. Oh gosh, when I hear the mom talking, it's just, it's brutal. And the dad, because in the morning, it'll be about uh, 5 a.m. And I wake up and I think, oh, I'm going to go put on some tea and get ready for John, David, and Lucy waking up. And that is what gets me to put my feet on the floor. 
Guys, we were talking about a beautiful young girl, Savannah Lee Pruitt. There was no indication whatsoever that she went willingly. Tip line 423-442-3911, 423-442-HELP. Joining me, Dr. Brian Russell, Karen Smith, Robin Walensky, and right now joining me, judge and lawyer. You can find her at AshleyWilcott.com. Ashley Wilcott. Ashley, the, the thought of waking up and your girl being gone, just gone. I mean, because of what I do, I'm constantly looking in on the twins, and I always make sure I see two lumps in the bed. I've just now managed to stop going closer to make sure they're breathing, okay? Because even I know that's a little too weird. But can you imagine going in and there's no lump in the bed? No. No, I can't imagine it for anyone, Nancy. And I just feel for these parents and all my sympathy in terms of having to go through this. But there are a few things that bother me. I do a lot of prevention work. And a lot of people are going to look at this case, frankly, and say, oh, she's a runaway. She just ran away. She's probably trouble at home. No, she's a victim. Even if she ran away, she's a victim because there is someone who knows what happened to her. There's likely a predator involved in this. She is a victim, and we've got, everybody's got to be looking for her. I want you to take a listen to what our friends are learning regarding her cell phone data. We've already reached out to all the cellular phone carriers and social media outlets and uh, have produced in excess of 2,000 pages of reporting. Myself, the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Knoxville office, and the TBI have gone through each and every page of that reporting, and there hasn't been nothing in any of that reporting that led us to believe that she intended to run away or was speaking with anybody that would try to abduct her. So at this point, she's, this is just this is a missing person's case. She's not been upgraded to an endangered child at this point because we don't have any information as far as her being in any direct danger. Any and all tips that come in will be followed up by myself, the FBI, and we're going to continue to be checking with her phone services to see if those phones do reactivate. They also have information in their systems to notify us if there's an activation immediately. So at this point, we're just waiting on her phones to activate and waiting on tips and information. We just keep looking. We, we, we've got authorities in several different states already working on the case. We got, so we've reached out to uh, authorities in four different states. That's Detective Jason Filial with Monroe County Sheriff's Office. We'll dip back in that presser in just one moment. That is very extensive, a very extensive media search and device search. Karen Smith, forensics expert, joining me. You heard Detective Jason Filial, and they say the Monroe County Sheriff's Office have obtained all of her cell phone data and text messages and her social media pages, 2,000 pages worth, and there is no indication she was going to run away from home. Karen Smith, what more can you tell us? This, this is a head-scratcher, Nancy, and I'll tell you what, when they're going through 2,000 pages of social media, you know, some carriers keep your text messages, other cell carriers do not. So I don't know how much of that is actually text. The problem is the cell phones are missing and apparently they've either been turned off or they've powered down um, and they were last seen in Corbin, Kentucky. They were last heard from in Corbin. So, you know, first of all, they need to find the cell phones if they can. Just because the cell phones were there doesn't mean they were with Savannah. 
to Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist, a lawyer, and host of the hit series on Investigation Discovery, Fatal Vows. Dr. Brian, I mean, it speaks volumes to me that they've sifted through 2,000 pages of cell phone data, social media data, all, all of that, and they found nothing, N-O-T-H-I-N-G, to suggest she ran away. One of the things about social media that is so uh, insidious these days, Nancy, is that kids can have contact with predators who are posing as other kids. So you can look at somebody's social media and it looks like, oh, well, you know, they're, they're just having contact with same age peers. You know, that doesn't look like anything alarming. But, you know, people are not necessarily who they portray themselves to be on social media. And so you can have a kid suggest to another kid that, hey, wouldn't it be fun to, uh, you know, sneak out in the middle of the night and meet up in the park uh, and, and have a Coke? And, and, you know, the one kid runs off to do it and the other kid turns out to be a recently released sex offender from prison. So... You know, just because it doesn't, there's nothing obvious in the social media, I don't think necessarily means there wasn't some uh, contact there that we'll find out about later on. Well, I, I don't know if you recall, um, just recently I met with Alicia Kozakowicz, who is the personification of that scenario. She's gorgeous, she's brilliant, she's now an activist. She was online as a teen girl and talked for a long months to some other girl. Then she discovered the hard way who she was really speaking to. She came out of the house one night after a family dinner around Christmas, and the teen girl was there and grabbed her, put her in his car, held her captive, raped, molested, chained her to the floor, had planned to kill her that evening when the feds saved her life. I want to talk about that cell phone ping. Will a cell phone ping crack this case? What was the date that you pinged her cell phone? It was pinged at about 5.15 to 5.30 on the morning of the 14th. So the morning she was missing, you were able to ping her cell? Yes. As soon as you noticed it was in Corbin, did you send anyone or did anyone in Corbin, Kentucky begin looking for her? Yes. Hi, Nancy Grace here. Have you ever Googled yourself, your neighbors, somebody at work, a crush? 57% of Americans admit to keeping an eye on their own online reputation. 46 admit to using the internet to look up somebody from their past. But Google and Facebook, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to finding personal information. There's an innovative new website called Truth Finder. It's now revealing the full scoop on millions of Americans. Truth Finder can search through hundreds of millions of public records in a matter of minutes. Truth Finder members can literally begin searching in seconds for sensitive data like criminal, traffic, arrest records. Before you bring someone new into your life and around the people you care for, your children, consider using Truth Finder. What you find may astound you. Go to truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy right away to start searching. Truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy. Truthfinder.com forward slash Nancy. Find the truth. (laughs) 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We reached out to the county sheriff's office in Corbin. They checked the area. The ping was close by within a relative location of the Welcome Center there in Corbin. Like over right over the state line? Just about a mile and a half over the state line. Is her phone still on? No, her phone has been inactive since that last ping. And she's been on or off social media? She has not been on social media. She's not been seen or heard from via social media or her cellular phone use since that last ping in Kentucky. Is there any reason to believe or know why she would be in Kentucky or what she could be doing in Kentucky? None at all. None. Okay. You are hearing Detective Jason Filial with the Monroe County Sheriff's Presser as he is describing the last ping. Back to Robin Walensky, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, author of Beautiful Life CSI, behind the Casey Anthony trial on Amazon. Robin Walensky, a ping at a, I think I heard him say, welcome center just across the state line in Kentucky. Right. A, a welcome center is one of those places, Nancy, where you cross over into the next state and you can stop and, and use the facilities, pick up a map, uh, you know, kind of stretch your legs. So to me, it would be a place where there would be people walking around, possibly even at that in the wee hours at 515 in the morning. Uh, I've driven across country many times and these welcome centers are normally a very good place kind of to stretch your legs and use the bathroom. Well, that's that's uh, interesting because in the book I'm writing, uh, nonfiction about fighting crime, I say do not go to a rest stop. It's a predator's playground. I mean, when I was growing up, I uh, would stop at Stuckey's. And it was the Stuckey family, and they were known for their pecan logs. Okay, that was a big, big deal to get a Stuckey's pecan log. At a, the only place you could get them was a welcome center. Those days are long gone, but Robin Walensky, you go right on ahead and you stop at that rest rest center and you just p- keep my number <laughs> and 911 on speed I'm prob- dial. I am probably taking my life in my hands. Uh, the ones in the state of New Jersey where I'm from are pretty safe and have uh, cameras on them. Mm-hmm, good, because you know I'll be playing that surveillance video over and over and over saying, where's Robin Walensky? But go ahead. What time of the day uh, was this early morning when her phone, Savannah Lee Pruitt's phone, pinged in Kentucky just across the Tennessee line? Between 5.15 a.m. and 5.30. And what I find interesting about this is that this is 140 miles away from the house. So if you do the math, you know, this is a couple of hours drive away from where she's living. Okay, 140 miles away from the home. She goes missing between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m., which means if she had headed, whoever has her had headed straight out, 140 divided by 60 miles an hour, it's about two and a half hours-ish, which puts her leaving, wow, that puts... You could get there in that window, is my point. Yeah, absolutely, because if she pings at 4, what time was it, did you say? 5.15. A.M. Five fifteen. Back it up two hours. That's about and two and a half. That's around two thirty in the morning. Well, yeah, you're right. So she pinged not long after she went to bed. It's almost as if someone was looking in her window or saw her go to bed. Waited until the lights were off and everything was dark, and like everybody was asleep. Grabbed her right then, say eleven thirty, eleven forty-five, midnight, and took off. 
Now, the family has said repeatedly they do not know anyone in Kentucky. The sheriff's office, repeat, says Savannah's phone has not been active since that last ping, the day she went missing. She has not used her cell phone or presented herself on social media since the time she went missing. Detectives say she had two phones, one from her old residence in Georgia and another one she got right when her family moved to Monroe County, Tennessee. They moved there, repeat, so she could have more space for all of her animals. I get it. Why do you think I clean guinea pig cages every morning at 7 a.m.? Because it's my daughter's dream. She wants to be a veterinarian. We got a dog. We got a cat. We got guineas. And I don't know what's going to happen next. Please don't let it be rabbits. But this is what I know. You'll do anything for your children. They moved so she could have more space to have all of her animals. She has never run away before. We also know that a window was open. A window was open. What does it mean to you, to Karen Smith, forensics expert, that her phone either went dead or was turned off after that ping? It means that either the phone batteries at the same time went dead, which is highly unlikely, or somebody physically turned those phones off for a reason. They realized that she had these phones, took them from her, and shut them down. Now, what I want to know is, in Corbin, Kentucky, where they were pinged, what kind of a search was done? Did they search around the entire rest area? Did they search every garbage can? Did they search every nook and cranny? Did they search the dumpsters? Did they search the fields? Those cell phones are somewhere. We need to find them. You know, they are, and I, I, I don't want to be bleak, but, you know, uh, Robin Walensky, you and I have been covering the case of missing Colorado mom, Kelsey Barrett. We still don't have her cell phone. And we know the area where it last pinged and where I think it was discarded near Gooding and Twins Falls, Twin Falls, Idaho. Still don't have it. Yeah, sometimes the, the criminal mind, some of these people can just dump it in a dumpster and then it gets taken, you know, to a landfill and never to be seen again or, or tossed in a body of water. You know, uh, I don't believe the family had. This is a yes, no, Robin. Do we know if they had surveillance cameras in the home? I do not believe so. I don't think they did either. And that leads me to thank my partner today who is making our podcast, making our program possible. It's Blink. You ever heard of it? Think about it. This big weekend for Super Bowl Sunday, two very different instant replays going on. Instant replays during the big game. And the instant replay you get on your smartphone of somebody breaking in your home, sneaking around outside. Blink cameras, the ultimate goal line defense. They are motion activated when your blink camera detects something suspicious, movement. You get an alert on your smartphone with a video replay of what blink just spotted. That's awesome. And now, save 20% on all camera systems during Blink's big game sale. Blink camera, so easy to set up. Wire-free, run on two AA lithium batteries. They last up to two years. And Blink's live feed option lets you monitor your home from anywhere you go using the super easy Blink smartphone app. There's no contracts, no subscription, and Blink works with Alexa. 
Let Blink help watch your home. Guard your home. While you're watching the Super Bowl this weekend and all the time, save 20% indoor-outdoor systems. Add-on cameras now through Monday, Feb 4. That's Monday, February 4th, 9 p.m. Pacific. Visit BlinkProtect.com slash defense. BlinkProtect.com slash defense. BlinkProtect.com slash defense. On January 14th, 2019, Savannah Lee Pruitt, 14-year-old female from our county, was reported missing by her parents, Christina and Randall Pruitt. Our investigation has basically led us to this point. Um, She was last observed by uh, cell phone GPS to be in the Corbin, Kentucky area, uh, possibly moving north to an unknown uh, destination from there. Um, we uh, We would like to ask the public's help in any way with tips that lead to the, uh, you know, to the location and safe return of Savannah to her parents. Uh, again, Savannah is described as a white female, 14 years of age. She is five foot three inches tall, 110 pounds, strawberry blonde hair, blue eyes. That's the description we are getting from Detective Jason Filial with Monroe County Sheriff's Office at his presser. We'll dip back into that in a moment, but. What we know is Savannah Lee Pruitt missing, 14 years old, from Madisonville, Tennessee, has never run away. But we also know a window was open. We know that apparently her clothes and the bed sheets were taken out. Who did that? Her mom says, yes, there is a possibility she ran away. But I can tell you this, even if that's true, a 14-year-old little girl is not going to last long in a big, mean world. On Facebook, Savannah writes about, quote, loving parents who teach me right from wrong daily. Her first Facebook page has practically nothing publicly viewable except there are two photos, a profile photo with a heart around it, a second page with the same profile picture, says, I'm the daughter of two amazing, loving parents who teach me right from wrong daily. Love you guys. The cover photo on one of the two pages is the Holy Cross. Other photos on the page say things like family is everything. It discusses books she's reading. She shares shares some selfies. One friend wrote, "You you look like the sweet little girl. You are pretty. Her mom calls her sunshine. Is it possible she ran away? I don't know. The mom says she's counting the days on the calendar and they're starting to blend together. To Dr. Brian Russell, psychologist and lawyer, host of ID's Fatal Vows, Dr. Brian, a little girl like this, straight off a farm in Madisonville, Tennessee, how long do you think she's going li- to survive on the streets? Not long if she's trying to survive by herself. You know, I think uh, any parent who has a teenager at home and has not seen, I don't know if you've seen the movie Searching, but any parent who has not seen the movie Searching, you ought to watch it. Uh, If it's freezing cold where you are uh, this week, it's something great to do inside. Stream the movie Searching, watch it, and then if you think it's appropriate, watch it with your teen. I think both of you could learn something really 
uh, potentially life-saving because it's about just exactly the kind of situation that we're talking about where a young girl leaves her home, you know, not with any intention of never coming back and then gets caught up in something uh, that she had, you know, she never could have planned uh, for. And so, uh, and, and it all starts on social media. So it's, it's, uh, it's very eye-opening, I think, for uh, people. Well, Ashley Wilcott at AshleyWilcott.com, judge, lawyer, and anchor. Ashley... The social media, they've combed through 2,000 pages of it, indicate nothing about running away. So here's the thing, Nancy. I I am not accusing anyone, but we see in our line of work. You know, I've noticed you always say that right before you accuse somebody. (laughs) Over and over and over again, we see circumstances that are the worst case scenario we'd never think could happen. I am not saying these parents are involved, but I am going to point out a few things. First of all, both of them talk about her in the past tense. She was our life. Um, We've lost her. Yes, she's missing, but I think most parents are going to hang on to hope beyond hope that she's really okay and she's going to be found. So that bothered me. The other piece of this is, no, she's never run away before, but somebody knows something, whether there's foul play or not. Someone knows something, so anything they know, whether it's about her, the family, dynamics, whatever, they need to come forward. In the last hours, her family says, her parents say they have no reason to believe she ran away. Back to Robin Walensky, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Let's go through what we know about her disappearance, about the home, about the community. What evidence do we have right now, Robin? This is, a, a, like you say, it is a city, but it is a rural area where the home is. There's four kids living there with the two parents. They are married. These are their four biological children. There's all sorts of animals, which is why they moved there in the first place a little more space than where they were living in in the state of Georgia up until the Christmas break, and then they moved. Well, I know this. I know Filial, Detective Filial says they have no evidence, and they do not believe that she was in touch with anyone. So, I, I mean, to me, if she's not in touch with anybody, how did she get or her phone get that far away, 130, 140 miles away by 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning. So if she's not in touch with anybody, who has her? You know what, Nancy? It reminds me of a case we did recently where someone in the neighborhood sees this girl. She's extremely attractive, and perhaps they had eyes on the house. And we're watching the, the patterns. When are the lights on? When are the lights off? Maybe they had eyes on this home and were watching this girl just like we've seen with Elizabeth Smart. Well, that's interesting, Robin. That's very interesting. I'm going to throw this to Karen Smith, forensics expert. Jackie Howard here in the studio has pointed out something I find very interesting. They had only been in that home four weeks. In that home, remember, they had just moved there from Lawrenceville, Georgia, to a bigger plot of land so she could have all of her animals she wanted. Just four weeks. And what Robin is saying that I was alluding to earlier, she said it much better. They had just gone to sleep. If you look at the timing, the timing, she goes to bed at 11 p.m. At 4 a.m., sister notices she's gone. That gives me a five-hour window. Her phone, her cell phone is pinged around 5 a.m., two and a half hours away. Okay, which means, you know, she probably left pretty quickly after 
the lights went out and they every an intruder could have seen the lights go out gives it 40 minutes or so for everybody to settle in and go to sleep and bam in the window and gone that's exactly the way it happened with elizabeth smart you're right you're absolutely right and i tell you what nancy i go back to the open window and i go back to the fact that her bed sheets and clothes were missing now I don't know of a teenager that's going to sneak out in the middle of the night and take their bed sheets with them. The hairs on the back of my neck stood up when I read that. And here's the thing, that window, the forensics that may be gleaned from it, we are talking DNA. We're talking hairs and fibers. If somebody came in that window and then exited with her, they need to look at all of the minute trace evidence that may have been left behind. You know, fingerprints, maybe, maybe not. But you have to look at her bedroom. You have to look at the window. You have to look at whether it's a first floor, a second floor. Were there any shoe prints outside? Was there any tire tracks of a foreign car? Explain to me why it disturbs you so much, because I feel the same way about her bed sheets missing. Who takes their bed sheets? You know, listen, I was a teenager. We all were. I snuck out. Didn't ever take my bed sheets with me. I just went out my window. I never snuck out, and neither did Jackie. Neither (laughs) one of us ever snuck out. Well, I did. I would go to the neighborhood pool with all the kids at at midnight, and, you know, we'd swim around and be stupid. What? But that doesn't mean that somebody took me, and I never took my bed sheets. That tells me that somebody may have, and this is my speculation here, somebody may have maybe subdued her in the room and then wrapped her in the sheet and taken her. You know what? Here's another issue. We know some clothes were taken, but we have no indication a coat was taken, and it's cold. Guys, please help us. Her parents say it's like having their soul ripped out. 14-year-old Savannah Lee Pruitt is missing. Desperation growing to find 14-year-old Savannah Lee Pruitt nearly three weeks after she mysteriously vanished. She was our life, and our life is gone. It's... It's hard. I mean, it's hard to eat. It's hard to sleep. It's hard to think. Pruitt, who was homeschooled, last seen January 13th, heading to bed around 11 p.m. Typical, ordinary day. I mean, no signs of anything. Just before 5 the next morning, her family discovering Savannah was gone, her bedroom window open, and some of her clothes and bed sheets missing. Authorities believe the teen may have traveled roughly 140 miles from her home in Madisonville, Tennessee, to Corbin, Kentucky, her cell phone pinging in that area around 515 that morning with no activity since. There has been no presence on social media, either through Facebook or any of the other outlets that we've investigated. The Pruitts clinging to hope she'll return home soon. Savannah, I love you. and. Uh... We want you to come home. Where is Savannah Lee Pruitt? This little Tennessee girl, just 14 years old, was, quote, her normal bubbly self before she vanished over two weeks ago. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Tip line, 423-442-3911. Repeat, 423-442-HELP. Can't sleep, can't eat, can't think. The parents in agony. Where is Savannah? Joining me right now on the scene, special guest Detective Jason Filyaw from the Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department. Detective, thank you so much for being with us. How did you first find out Savannah was missing? Uh, Her parents had dialed 911. We had a uh, deputy respond to the scene. 
take down missing children information and uh he reported it to me uh as i am the uh investigator that deals with all of our juvenile child abuse type cases i've got a question for you everyone with me from monroe county tennessee is detective jason Filial. detective when they called 911 what time was it they called 911 um Right at 6.37 a.m. 6.37 a.m. Yes, ma'am. The, the father had already tried to check the area to see if she had uh, wandered away from the house. They have horses and a barn, and she takes care of the horses. So he had gone up to check those areas, things of that nature, before uh, they called 911. Who discovered her missing detective, Phil, y'all? Her 12-year-old sister initially found her bedroom empty, and then she told her parents that she wasn't there and then uh, the 12 year old sister and her father went into the bedroom and found the window open the window open what kind of window was it detective phil y'all it was a just a vinyl type single sash window and the window the sash was raised and the screen had been cut the screen had been cut i find that interesting you know they can actually tell if the screen was cut from the inside or the outside by looking at the way the tiny pieces of metal are bent. For instance, if you cut from the inside, you'll see just, I have to look at it under a microscope. I can't just look at it. I, I can feel it if I barely touch it with my fingers, but see, that's dangerous because if there is any fingerprint on there, you're messing that up. But I have felt a replica and if you feel it really carefully, like go from the bottom up the screen, you can feel which way it was cut, just barely. Do you have a determination about which way it was cut? The preliminary determination is it was cut from the inside of the residence. Uh, we have um, the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation assisting in the case, and we have special agents that are working on that right now. You know what else, Detective Jason Filial? Uh, and you probably already know this, of course you do, but for our listeners, another way that you can tell if a screen was entered from the outside or the inside, was it pushed out from the inside or was it taken down, it's where it's lying. Because if you push it out from the inside, generally it'll go straight down. If you're taking it off from the outside, an intruder will cast it aside. Am I making myself clear, Detective? Yes. When you went in the room what was the first thing you noticed detective phil y'all the bed sheets missing Mm -hmm. now that can be taken in many many different ways correct many different ways because if you're uh on the run why would you take your bed sheets can i can i ask you did you see that the fitted sheet and the sheet you pull up over you were both missing or just one? It, it, it appeared just to be a fitted sheet on the bed. So there were also two blankets that were uh, pushed down towards the foot of the bed. So just the fitted sheet. I'm curious. I know this is a small detail, but the fitted sheet, which goes down over the mattress, was gone. The sheet you pull over you, was it still tucked in? I'm just curious at the bottom. No, it was not. And neither were the blankets or the cover? No. Were the bo- both the pillows still there? Yes. 
With me, Detective Jason Filia from the Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department. Tip line for this missing girl, 14-year-old Savannah Lee Pruitt. Parents just moved there to have more land for all of her animals. I've been through the same thing with my daughter, Lucy Elizabeth Lynch. He is from the Monroe County Sheriff's, and the tip line there is 423-442-3911. I know these seem like small details, but they mean something to me. Now, did she know how to drive, Detective? No, no. Other than just having four-wheelers around the property, um, she hadn't been learning to drive yet, according to the parents. And do they have Uber or Lyft in that area? No, ma'am. We are a uh, large county, but we're very rural. I'm with you, Detective. I grew up in Bibb County. There's nothing as far as I could see but soybeans and pine trees, okay? Uh, if somebody <laughs> had said lift, I would have no idea what they were talking about. So, Detective, we, so we know she did not leave by Lyft or Uber or taxi. We know she can't right. drive. Now, don't judge me, but my children who are 11 have been driving for three years, okay? Now, don't <laughs> judge me because when I take them home, to Macon, there's a big field, and they go out there in my minivan. I let them ride around in circles, okay? Don't right. judge me, but they know how to crank up. They know how to put on the brake. The works, okay? No, I'm not letting mm -hmm. them out on the street, but they do know how to do that. My point is, if she had access to four-wheelers, she does know a little bit, but no vehicles are missing, so that, that, that crosses that off the list, correct? Correct. So, I understand, Detective, that you guys have come through about 2,000 pages of digital data. Is that true? Yes. Good Lord in heaven. Let me ask you this. What are you looking for, and what, if anything, did you find? At this point, we've found literally nothing to lead us in any direction in the investigation. We have sent out several more requests for uh, new, more current information to all the cell phone providers and cellular phone tower systems. And we are uh, actually already receiving that information this morning, and I'll be sitting down with uh, special agents from the FBI and TBI to uh, start going through the new information to try to kind of cast a broader net. Let me ask you another see, question, uh, Detective. I know you've been through 2,000 pages, but I'm taking what you just responded to mean that does not include her most current cell phone data. That's correct. When I first sent out the request at the beginning of the investigation, those requests have an expiration point so you actually have to update the request and search warrants to the different data outlets gotcha so do you have the data up until the night she went missing we do okay so you would know if she had sent any text like hey i'll meet you at the end of the driveway at 2 a.m you would have do you have her Correct. text you've got her text and her cell phone calls we have her text messages Dang. we have her phone calls um we even have her icloud contents and unless she has as a lot of 14-year-old, you know, teenagers do these days, unless she has an app, you know, an application that kind of hides that information from us grown-ups. Oh, let <laughs> me know, tell you, I got two 11-year-olds, and I don't know what Santa was thinking when they got an iPhone. I'm telling you what, when I get my hands exactly. around his neck. <laughs> With me, special guest detective Jason Filial, Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department, leading this investigation. Detective, yeah, there are things like WhatsApp, uh, just talk, um, home, something. There's so many of them that they get in these little chat rooms and talk. Um, so what I'm wondering is anybody, two things. One, are any particular clothes missing like her favorite blue jeans? 
that she would never have gone without? And two, what about any of her little friends? Are they missing? What do we know? As far as question one, her parents weren't able to tell us specifically which clothes were missing. They just noticed that some of her clothes were missing. According, apparently to, to them, they said that she was doing laundry the day of the 13th, the day prior to her going missing. Mm-hmm. She'd been doing laundry, and she still had them all kind of piled up in her laundry bag and hadn't folded and put away. So well, they here's another thing. To... Detective, do you have a daughter? I have two. <laughs> okay, well, then you know the deal. Now there, there a lot of them, in addition to jeans, they wear things. They look like jeans, but they're actually tights or leggings. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everybody has to have black ones. My daughter has so many black tights over the years and navy blue ones. If she went in one of them, I, you know, I wouldn't know it was missing because she has, you know, seven or eight pair that all look just alike. So if she has on right. something like that, they wouldn't know. Now, what about her PJs? Were they missing, Detective? They did not. They, they appeared to be wadded up on the floor beside her cell phone charger. Speaking of cell phones, she has two cell phones. Why? One cell phone was from... Georgia, where they had moved up from three weeks prior to her disappearance, and they found that the, that phone service didn't work as well as another carrier, so they went and got phones locally on that on, a, on the other carrier and just hadn't discontinued the contract on the previous phone. Are so both of those Georgia physical phones missing? Both of them gone? Yes, ma'am. But the charger's still there, right? Yes. You know, yeah. any any child in the right mind would know to take that charger. I find that interesting. Anything else missing that we know of, like a Fitbit, a, a, an Apple Watch, anything like that that she may have taken with her to suggest she left no. on her own? Hmm. The only thing missing is the two phones, the clothing, and then the bed sheet. Here's the conundrum. Yeah. Here's <laughs> the conundrum. Who drove her? Who took her it's entirely possible somebody comes in that house and goes out that window a question detective jason feel y'all with me Monroe county tennessee sheriff's department and we're trying to get every question out of him before he has to go back into meetings about this very case detective so many thoughts running through my mind she didn't drive she's not on foot we don't know if or who came into that home what's your thought on who she may have been in contact with because they had only lived there like four weeks. Is that right? That's correct. We've been tracking down leads in the Georgia area that they've moved up from. We have FBI agents that are working down there to follow up on those leads, check with her school that she was enrolled in down there. Um, We also have agents working in the Kentucky area where the last pings of her phone, both phones were checking leads and checking for traffic cameras, things of that nature. I also have agents checking an area up in south or northeast Tennessee where the family was known to visit and had, had some family friends up there where she had spent some time with them during the summer to see if uh, there were any leads up there. Uh, as, as far as here in Tennessee, she was homeschooled for the three weeks that they were here and they, were, they had her enrolled in school, but she was, hadn't started yet. Is there more to the reason? Okay, so you're focusing on other areas than right there. Okay, that makes perfect sense. I've got a feeling about the the whole Georgia, the Lawrenceville connection. Is there more to their move than we know? Did they move for any other reason other than wanting more land? The father was starting to have some health 
is not severe health issues, but some health issues and want to be closer to his family. And her, uh, the mother's family is from kind of in our area too. So it kind of got them more centrally located to uh, relatives. Now we got information it may be misinformation that she had the two cell phones and they had both pinged in Corbin, Kentucky between 515 and 5:30. Oh, I thought she left one. Oh, she took both of them with her. Yes, ma'am. And they yes, both pinged. Yes. And then within about eight minutes of each other in the same county, um, we got a, the AT. She had a phone from AT and T. That phone pinged. Close. You know, depending on what tower it hits at what time, but it showed closer to the Welcome Center in Kentucky, which is just about 1.7 miles inside the state of Kentucky from Tennessee. And the other phone, her uh, Verizon phone, pinged closer to the actual city of Corbin. Detective Jason Phil, y'all, Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department. I just want to tell you one thing before you go. We didn't have a name for it at the time I first encountered it, but I remember when I prosecuted two, as we call them, pimps, but they were much worse than that. They were child sex traffickers, and they had lured a 13-year-old girl under false pretenses, and when she went, she was forced into prostitution in inner-city Atlanta. It took me forever to find that girl. I had her school picture, gorgeous little girl with uh, braids down the side of her head, gorgeous big brown eyes. It took me three months working with Vice. We went into a flop house. They went, we think she's in there. I walked in. I came out and went, she's not in there. That's a bunch of grown women. They went, go back and look at the one in the white boots. I went back. I looked. She like she's 35 years old, detective. She had a weave oh all down her back, high boots, tons of makeup, and a mini skirt. And I looked at her, and I could not believe that was the little girl. Got a mistrial in my opening statement. That's all right. I had it re-indicted by the grand jury, and they both got 20 to life. That's my fear right now. Why is Savannah gone? Where is Savannah Lee Pruitt with me, special guest detective Jason Filyaw, spearheading this investigation from Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department. Detective, I can't thank you enough. Is there anything else you want to tell our listeners across the country, including Kentucky, Tennessee, and Georgia right now? Just please call in if you have any information, if you feel that you've seen anybody that looks like her, if you believe that you saw her yesterday. Uh, it doesn't matter. Any tip is an important tip. Please call in. Give us the information. It will be followed up on and taken seriously. I just am imagining my little girl. She's almost 12 now. This little girl just two years older out in the public on an interstate with God only knows who. Thank you, Detective. Tip line 423-442-3911. With me, in addition to Detective Jason Filioff from the Monroe County, Tennessee Sheriff's Department, Special guest, Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Tell me what you believe forensics experts should be looking for in the home, specifically the bedroom, the window, the kitchen, the front door, the works. Yeah, we, we've kind of covered the screen. I, I, the thing that really bothers me about this case, Nancy, is the fact that that fitted sheet is missing. Um, I, I want to know uh, what, what was the rationale for taking, taking that sheet? Uh, and so with that said, I'm hoping that 
all of that bedding has been carefully collected to look for DNA. Uh, and I'd like to know what the surface of that mattress looks like. And, uh, you know, I have thoughts that are running right now relative to things like sexual assault and all of these things that this young girl may have been lured out of the house, may have been assaulted, somebody had been targeting her. Um, that, that kind of sends a chill up my spine. Another thing to the point of the cell phones, um, I'm still, uh, I'm this, this world is a very electronic savvy world. Now I'm still not convinced that she was necessarily had those phones in her possession. If there was somebody else with her for all I know. And I think that there is a main thoroughfare that runs from their location directly toward Corbin. Corbin's a point of entry for Kentucky uh, coming out of Tennessee. I'm wondering if maybe those cell phones uh, weren't on another vehicle, uh, the connection back in Georgia. I don't know if there's somebody down there that has a connection to her romantically, relationship-wise. Maybe she's headed in the other direction. So all of these things have to be considered in their totality here. And as we sign off, we are getting information from WKOA has a suspect in the disappearance of this little girl been detained in Litchfield, Kentucky, has occurred. What? We're waiting to find out. According to WKOA, and we're still trying to confirm, a Marathon gas station employee who was working at the gas station at the time says a male entered the store at the gas station late Wednesday evening and made a purchase. When he exited and returned to his vehicle, which was a gray Ford passenger car, he was immediately surrounded, put on the ground by FBI. The suspect was the only person observed in the vehicle. Go to CrimeOnline.com where we are bringing you breaking news as it develops in the disappearance of Savannah Lee Pruitt. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.